Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's podcast was actually recorded Friday last week, but I came down with the flu, unfortunately, uh, that night. Uh, so I couldn't get it up. Um, I guess I'm not Michael Jordan. Uh, I couldn't come up with a flu game for you guys, so, uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, Bill wasn't actually supposed to be on the podcast because he was busy putting together a piece. So I had my guys Dex and Brian from the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast and my guy Gerard Hector from BET.com. And we were going to talk about various issues, including barriers faced by young minorities trying to break into sports journalism and other things. Of course, you can never really count Bill out of a podcast, (laughs) and Bill ended up crashing the party via phone out of the blue, along with a couple of his friends. So it got a little hectic and uh, definitely untraditional, Um, but the conversation was, as usual, pretty good. Uh, We talked about the Fisdale firing by the Knicks, Carmelo Anthony's resurgence, Lamar Jackson, and whether sports could actually change as we know it in the future, similar to the jockey landscape over 100 years ago, uh, as Bill talked, to, as Bill wrote about in his classic $40 million slave. So that was very interesting. Uh, so check it out. Like I said, it's, it's a lively conversation, uh, unorthodox uh, podcast, uh, to say the least, but definitely worth checking out. I think you'll enjoy it. But first, the sounds of friend of the show, Steve Wilson. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, The legend Bill Roden is not in the building today. He's on assignment. Uh, But you never know. He might just pop it. You just just can't call it. You know, he could just walk up in here at any time. He might call in. You never never count Bill out. (laughs) We know that uh, from from past podcasts where he wasn't supposed to be on. So you never know. He might show up. Um, but we have a couple great, a few great guests today. We have uh, one who's been here before, um, who's a vet to Bros Pod. That's uh, Jared Hector. Uh, once again, he's a writer at BET.com, Black Sports Online, and SNY, a contributor at MSG Networks, um, co-host of the Seven Footers Basketball po- Podcast, along with Jenna Lemoncelli. 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 Close enough. Close enough. Hey, Close sorry, enough. sorry, Jenna. <laughs> She's good. She's good. You know, I apologize. <laughs> um, and we have a, a couple guests who haven't been here before, but I've been on their podcast numerous times, and you definitely have to check out their podcast, uh, and we'll get to that in a second. First, we have Brian Fonseca, on-air talent, writer, producer, co-host of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Definitely uh, uh, subscribe to that. Right. Um, do, 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 do. They're always they're always, they're, they're always they're always bringing that fire. Um, he's also a contributor to MSG to Networks. On the way here, uh, you uh, already shocking, know. Shocking, shocking. And he's he's also the type to wear a Kunta Kinte uh, t-shirt. A hundred percent to to an NFL workout. No doubt, no doubt. I would do that. Now you you probably wear like um, I have a Kaepernick t-shirt. Who, who who's a persecuted um, Puerto Rican? Oh, or could, it could be like Che Guevara or something. Yeah, he's well, not he, Puerto Rican. He probably wear, but he wears she, he Latin though. He wears Che Guevara shirt, right? I'll I'll I'll, I'll think of somebody. All right, cool. All right. Big pun. <laughs> Big pun. <laughs> but Brian is also a contributor to MSG God. Network, Slam Online, among others, and founder of the web series Side Hustle, which I was out I was now, also on. Check that out. Film festival circuit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm about to right calm these dudes yeah. down. You know, it's a, a children's hey, show. Hey, hey, we got we got a few we got a few award nominations. Listen, listen. Hustle. I'm just sh- shouts to Brian Musk inside hustle. We, we we've all been guests on that. He he, he does good work with that in all seriousness. Oh, I'm just trying to intimidate your audience. Of course. And last, we have Dexter Henry, who was supposed to be up in here with us, but you know, family called, so. Uh, he had to call yeah, in, which is all good. Happened. It's all good. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? I actually was yeah, late today. You, you understand. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, but uh, Dexter is a videographer uh, at National Weather and a national weather reporter at AccuWeather, co-host of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, which we just talked about, and creator of Sideline Stories and the Sports Walk, which I also was a part of. So uh, we got we got good friends up in here today. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot going on in sports. I was going to, you know, I was going to start off, you know, going to the whole, uh, you know, give me the, give me your guys' life story and how you became, <laughs> um, you know, journalists and, and the amount of racism you had to, you had to endure. Um, and we're going to... Still enduring, you mean? Yeah, still oh, enduring. Okay, we're, we're here. And we'll get, yeah, we're going to get to that. I was like, that is- yeah, we're going to get to that. But we have some breaking news yeah, we uh, do. That, that just occurred. We're, we're in New York City. So oh, I want to I want to get to the, the breaking news first, which is, uh, you know, the Knicks the team we all know and love uh, made a coaching change. Uh, it looks like, well, we know Fisdale is out. Um, let me hear what, what you guys think of that. Dexter, you should start. Yeah. <laughs> this is near and dear to your heart. Why, 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 why should I start? <laughs> You're the Knicks fan here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Jamal, first thing I got to say, the clown show continues. Right. That's, that's basically what, what's going on here. Um, we saw a couple weeks ago where management got way ahead of themselves. That was after 10 games, right? They were 2-8, and eight, and you have this press conference from Mills and Perry where they're pretty much like, this is not what we expected. Now, I don't think there's that many people at that time that expected the Knicks to maybe win more than 30% of their games this year. So they were kind of right around that. It was 20%, but, you know, they were kind of right around that. Right. Fisdale, the blame, falls on, the, the blame always falls on the coach, right? But Fisdale was handed a roster that just isn't good. There hasn't been a consist, any consistency of point guard. There's a glut of power forwards on this team and people playing out of position. So this, I, I don't blame this on Fisdale. I, I never have. I don't. This team has shown once again, guys, they refuse to be patient. They right. refuse to stick the course and be true to rebuilds. We see what, so what the Nets were able to do, where they believed in their team, their culture, and Kenny Atkinson, and took the time and did that and stuck with the coach. The Knicks have shown they won't do that. I'm not sure what this does here. But what I really want to you guys, what I really want to say about this is, and why I think it's a clown show, Fisdale coaches the previous night. They get blown out by the Denver Nuggets, lose by 37 points. Right. You have the man come to work today, run practice, talk to the media, and then you fire him after that? Right. Are you kidding me? Like, it's, 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 it's an absolute joke. I don't know what they're doing over there. If you're a Knicks fan, I think the question you have right now is, where is the hope? Because I don't see it, guys. I don't know where the hope is. I'm disgusted. Hard to argue with that. Go ahead. Uh, Brian, what do you have to say? Yeah. I mean, Look. Uh, Dexter speaks for the people, I guess. <laughs> I ain't got much more to add. I will say this. I don't, um, know about that. I don't I don't know I don't know that uh David Fisdale was at fault or, you know, whatever. I do think that they obviously expected to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and that didn't happen. 
right? So you were, you was expecting that David Fisdale would be coaching that squad. And that's obviously not happening. And then, you know, they have to change direction entirely. Uh, you could argue that the roster could have been a lot better. I think that the roster is actually not as bad as they've been performing because I do think that having a starting point guard, even even one like Alfred Payton, who out of the starting 30 point guards in the NBA is probably 30th. That's, like, that's, not, that's not a ringing endorsement. Probably 35th on a 30. Probably, yeah. But what I'm saying is the starting point guard, like the usage – just matters more. That's the most important position probably in all the sports, um, you know, outside of maybe like quarterback and pitcher and things like that. But in basketball, that's a, that's the most important position. Maybe and they maybe, have, maybe wing, but yeah. They don't have – well, well, it's not even just point guard, but just primary – Ball handler, right. That's yes. mainly Which what could be is. your wing, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who put the team together? I mean, we, you know – No, 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 I know that, but what there I'm saying go. is that <laughs> – What I'm saying – and I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that with Alfred Payton being out – that hurt things even more because I do think with him there as sort of a stabilizer because he's the only point guard on that roster. You lighten the load. They'd have a few. Well, they probably have Dennis two, Smith three Jr. Is a wins. point guard. Not really though. I mean, that's what they call him. Like he, no. Nah, yeah. you, you had R.J. Barrett playing point at some point, which that's not his position, his natural not, position. No. He's People, a wing. Nick, I saw here's, Nick fans really got mad when they saw uh, Julius Randle playing point guard. But here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Frank Milikina. Uh, Turnover to see Julius Randle. Frank Milikina is not a point guard either, um, and. Look, Alfred Payton's injury was huge. And on top of that, while the roster construction wasn't great, I do think that, and I like David Fisdale as a coach, I do think that he could have done a better job with Yeah, his rotations were bad. But I still, yeah. I think, like, he was just trying to figure out, like, uh, what kind of team are we? And that's the thing that they struggle with the quarter into the season is they didn't really have an identity. I mean, guys, we are talking around the issue here. And this is something I brought up in our, in our no, chat no, no, no. N- numerous times. And Dexter, no, no, you mentioned it. But I, I'm, I'm going to get into it yeah. here. Does anyone know what is the mission statement of the New York Knicks? What is their vision? Anybody know? Well, yes, yes. I do know what the vision is. What I is know. it? The vision is to fill, fill the seats of Madison Square Garden. Which is done. That is it. That's all it's been. <laughs> I mean, they can, and, and that's all Because that's all they've done. So they're that's successful they've then. They've done that. So from that perspective, yeah. successful, right? However... There's another component, right, which is not be a laughing stock, right, which is actually putting a product on the floor that is worth watching. Right. Right. Now, the blame pie, everybody is at fault there. It ain't one guy. Everyone who was in that building bears some of the blame. But again, when it is not clear what the basketball product mission and vision is and is everybody bought in, you don't even know. Dexter, you just said it yourself. How you gonna listen? They knew they were firing him today. That, that this wasn't this wasn't a surprise. Man, wait, why, why, did, why sh- did they fire him? How you gonna Tell me sh- why? Why did they fire? Because him? it's the easy thing to do. Because look, when it, I said this on my pod, there's only three life jackets available on that boat, right? And there's four dudes who need who need who need a life jacket. Well, you know, Dolan's got his life jacket. It's his boat. Right. So okay. he doesn't even need. So he, right. So he's straight. <laughs> Mills and Barry, they're the one. They're the next level of bosses. Well, they got life jackets. Guess who's the odd man out? Fisdale. That's how this goes. It's self-preservation. My thing is, why Why did they try, like Mills and Perry to some extent, but mostly Mills, why, why did they try to sell the fans on the fact that there was going to be like some kind of good product? <laughs> well, well, that, why didn't they go the Nets route or any other, or the 76ers route 
and just say, trust the process. We're going to stink yeah. for two or three years. Well, here's the um, thing, we're, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to take point. on, we're going to take because on that's my point. expiring they, contracts and blah, blah, they blah. They don't, because they don't have a mission or a vision statement. How that is why. Is well, is actually, Clearly, it's very difficult right. because, they, because they can't figure it out. But here's the thing, though. They didn't believe that they were going to stink, evidently, by their... Well, know, because they thought they were they getting had, Durant and Kyrie. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, even with this current roster, they didn't think they were going to be Yes, they did. They knew. then you gave them true serum. No, because here's the thing. They had the press conference 10 games in, and they they expected to be better than they were. No, maybe, maybe, that, however maybe that was, however maybe that that was sounds, an act. So what would that act. be, three and seven? Four and six? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. <laughs> I think that was an act. I think it was yeah. I think it was the life jackets no, coming I do, out. I life do, jackets. I do think that they thought that they were going to be better than expected. Why? Which I'm not saying. So fire just for that. asking me? Like, I don't know. That's what I'm telling you. How was like, that bro, possible? I don't know. I'm not in the front office. Like, it's not my. I didn't expect. They should know be, more than you. I, they should. But they're the ones yeah, they who should. expected sure. to be better than they have been. And. You know, people have said this. Let me tell you, me tell you right now. Podcast, Howard Beck said it on his podcast, and we've heard this too, where they thought that they were going to be better than Let me tell you right now. Make me the president of basketball operations in New York Knicks. Murph, I'm going to bring you in. You and uh, and Dex can be GMs, all right? G- GMs and assistant GMs. Y'all can work out who's who. <laughs> Brian, you in charge of content. I guarantee you, in five years or less, we're going to have this thing figured out. 100%. We'll have an NBA title. Because here's the thing. <laughs> I will be clear about here is the mission and vision of this team. This is what we want to do. So what, what should it be? To put out, because I said this in our chat. Why is the San Antonio Spurs a better run organization than the Knicks? They're, they have no inherent advantages in San Antonio. Literally zero. Why are they better at running an organization than the Knicks are? For what reason? I mean, you, reason, could, you could say that about 2019. So, go ahead, Dexter. The reason, the, re, the, re, the reason they're better is... Ownership does not meddle, right? Ownership does not get in the way of letting the people who are supposed to be the basketball people do their jobs. That's what they've had. They've had structure, stability in San Antonio. You're right, Gerard. There is no inherent advantage to any team in the league, right? But if you have an owner that oh, – this just goes to any business. Forget basketball. Yeah, business. If you have yeah. leadership, ownership mm-hmm. at the top, right, that allows the talented people that know what they have to do. And it is identifying that talent, too. Of course. It allows them to do that then you can have that stability. But you also have to have some patience. You have to have vision. You have to have a mission. I agree with everything you're saying, Gerard. And it's, all, it's, it's also about that buy-in, right? Everyone who's part of the organization yeah. has to know how my particular job, my function, whether it's head of content, whether it's GM, whether it's the custodial service, whatever it is, how does my piece impact our overall vision? And am I bought into that? And is everybody under me bought into that? When that happens, you know what you have? Success. When you don't have that, you have disaster. Let's talk, let's talk about, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned it starts at the top and, and Dolan. And Dolan, I mean, obviously uh, not the greatest owner in the world, um, but the, you could say that about a lot of owners who have, uh, you know, meddled, you know, got involved in their team when they shouldn't have. I mean, we have one in Dallas in football right now. Um, Jerry's but, a GM too, so. <laughs> but, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't an NBA team, team be able to get around that? I mean, like specifically – in the past ten years or so, what really has Dolan done? You know, besides hire maybe maybe hire the wrong people. But I, I think again, well, it's it, it's organizational and culturally, right? Because okay, let's say we've been bad for ten years. Okay, fine, but that means you're picking in the draft every year in the lottery. 
How is it you're whiffing every single time and not developing this talent? Well, they didn't whiff the last couple of years. Okay, but what? Why aren't we developing our talent? What's ha- what's happening there? Who's in charge of player development? Traded him away. And you ha- yes, and you had a seven foot three unicorn that you gave away because you wanted cap space. What's his name? Because you thought what's his name again? Chris Stapps Porzingis. Because <laughs> you thought you were getting. Another unicorn, Kevin Durant. And Ke- but guess what? You were never getting them. But in your brain, you thought, well, we are the Knicks. Yo, that's not a thing. No one in the league, and you know, we, we all cover the league. We talk to players. There is not a single player in this league who I've talked to on or off the record who's like, yeah, I'm going to roll with them. Not a soul. Not a soul. I was trying to explain that to Darrell, one of our conversations <laughs> in the group chat. Jamal, yes. What, what, Go ahead, I to, what I want to say to answer, to answer your question in regards to how come the team couldn't overcome that, I think it really goes to the, some of the things Gerard and I were saying, which is, look, if Dolan ever said, hey, I'm going to get a guy, bring a guy in here, whoever that is, to run, be the president of basketball operations, and just let, and I know that he knows what he's doing, I'm going to let him, or even her, do what they, what they can do, that would be it. But he hasn't seemed to have done that. We had the appearance of that with Phil Jackson, but we also did not know if Phil Jackson was re- really a great basketball mind. He was a great coach. Right. We didn't know if he was a great basketball mind in terms of assembling a roster. I hear that. I think I, think I heard somebody, uh, somebody join the podcast. Is, is, there, is there someone there? This is Tyrone from the Rock. <laughs> I want to talk about, and I want to talk about the Knicks. Uh, what, 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 do you, what do you think about the Knicks and, uh, and, and the Fisdale firing? They should fire everybody. Fire everybody. Everybody. Fire everybody. <laughs> this is Tyrone from the Bronx. And kill and kill the survivors. <laughs> and, and kill who? The survivors. The survivors. I, I hear you. I hear you. What's up, Bill? How you doing? <laughs> This is Tyrone. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know we had a call in show. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Okay. So why are y'all spending time on the Knicks firing? Like it really matters. Cause you, I mean, uh, I mean, what did you expect? Right. I mean, he does have a point. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's, a great, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Like there's nothing we should have expected differently from the Knicks. Dex, are you still a Knicks fan? Yo man, <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really, th- I'm, I'm really considering just getting off. Like you know, how, you know what it is, immersion and everybody. You know what it is. I, I can see today happen, and I'm not as annoyed anymore. Right? That's how you know it's time to get off. Traded KP. Yeah, when they traded KP, I was annoyed. When they missed out on the free agents, even though I never thought anybody was coming here anyway, so I wasn't annoyed because I didn't expect anything. Now this happened, I'm just like, the Knicks are being the Knicks. The clown show still continues. The Knicks are being the Knicks. I don't really feel anything. Whatever, man. I'm just, you know, I'm going to turn on my league pass tonight, watch some other teams, and uh, life will go on. Good games tonight. Yeah, there you go. There you go. No, I think, I think everybody knows what the, what the answer is for the Knicks at this point. You play the young guys, um, period. You play the young guys. You let them grow. You take your, your L's. Because they're coming. I don't care who's coaching. There are going to be a lot of L's. They should have told us that from the very beginning. Stop trying to fool the fans. You know, New York is supposed to be this, this place where all, you know, all the fans are smart and know everything and know everything about the sport. And, you, and you're up here and you have two people maybe who know less about the sport than the fans do trying to, trying to sell you a dream. Listen, I, 
you could probably find uh, on the high end of the New York Knicks basketball fans a GM and a, and a and a and a president of basketball operations, famous who, ones too, who would do a better job than this current crew that's there right yeah. now. Let's let's get off the Knicks. I'll take I'll take Bill's advice. We, you know, he might just pop up again. You never know. You know <laughs> um, let, let's talk. Let's talk general general NBA. Uh, enough of the Knicks, um, Brian. Give me give me like. You know what? What sticks out to you so far? Where were you? A fourth of the way through yeah, quarter of the, way. the NBA already. What's what's something oh, that sticks you, out? You know what's coming. You know what's you coming. Saw me you smiling. You know what's coming. Even before that, I already know. Here it comes. Here it comes. Get ready. Get ready, everybody. Oh, the Lakers, obviously. Yeah, no, that ain't that it. Stop ain't lying. It. Stop <laughs> lying. Stop lying. That ain't it. Listen, yeah, talk, talk your talk, listen, boy. Listen, in our group chat, you know the team that has excited me the most. Talk your talk. Good. The Miami Heat have been very good. <laughs> Bam out of bio. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Where, where, is, where does your uh, Miami Heat fandom come from? Because I'm not a Heat fan ever. You've never been a no, Heat fan. Never. So what is just this team? Just this. Yes. Just these group of guys. When I saw the roster construction in like September, right before training camp, I was like, "Oh, this is Goon this Squad." Is yeah. <laughs> who? Who? Yeah. Just Jimmy Butler. Okay. Uh, Bam, your man. Who who almost defeated Kawhi Leonard in the second round of the playoffs? Almost here. Uh, if not for that one mm-hmm. miraculous jump shot. Margins are thin, man. And this is why Philly, I think, in hindsight, it's kind of foolish to think Philly would get better with him leaving. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, Bam Adebayo, who I had as my most improved player uh, prediction. I don't know. He's not first right now in that race, but he's up there. I wonder who would win it right now, actually. I don't know if Ingram would because his team is bad. Yeah. but I got DeMontis. He up there. Sabonis is up there, and one of his teammates, Malcolm Brogdon, is Siakam could technically win it again. But Bam Adebayo's up there, basically. Yeah. Like, some, a net fan recently asked me, like, how is he better than Jared Allen? And I laughed my <laughs> Not ass Not even close. Allen's like, been I, playing a little better lately. He has Since, since that comment here, was made. Here's the thing. He ain't playing Bam Adebayo good, though. No, nah, but Bam, the thing, and here's what I... Like, I think he leads the league in, like, field goal percentage or something. <laughs> Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but Bam plays lockdown defense. Allen he, don't do that. He has everything but a but a consistent. And that's why I don't him. love him. Right, but he's six eleven. Like if he never gets one, and I think he will get one, I'll get. I'll be able to get around that. Like but ben if you Simmons? look at if you look at him, well, that's a little different though. <laughs> oh, he's not a point guard. But here's the thing: like when you look at their roster construction, and I think they're playing so well is not a fluke. Not a fluke to get to this NBA discussion, right? They have one star. They have Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo, who I think is a good two, who will be a better three once they get a real number two, or who will be a good number two even if they get another number three, whatever. That could work itself out. But he's somebody who's – I thought he was going to average 15, 11, three, probably one and one. He's around those numbers mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. He's one. Of, he, his defensive rating is up there with, like, Giannis and he legit. other elite defenders. He legit. And he can pass the ball very – he's one of the best passing bigs in the NBA. He's probably second or third right now. After, wow. After Jokic. Passing bigs in the NBA? I think so. I mean, he's good, but you put him behind Jokic. Wow, that's and impressive. So, so and, the heat, the and heat, LeBron's the, not a big man. The Heat, the heat are 15 and 6. <laughs> undefeated uh, at home. In the East. Mm-hmm. Only They're team currently undefeated, third. Only team undefeated at home still other than the Boston Celtics. Right. Yeah. And, of course, Milwaukee, 19-3, looks like they're they, they, are they starting to stretch now. They're starting to stretch now. Yeah, they have an easy schedule this month, too. They're starting tr- to stretch. I don't trust their depth, though. Like, I, I Even think, in the regular season? Yeah, they're going to be fine in the regular season. Yeah, well, they'll win 64 Right, they're going to be fine in so the regular be, season. So they'll get the one seed. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because Philly's not going to gel offensively. And we just talked about this on the podcast that Dexter and I did that's going to be out with uh, Howard Beck, but... um. Philly is just not like it's not meshing. Ben Simmons has actually gotten worse offensively. Brandon Ingram is better than Ben Simmons. They're better not, defensively, though. They're not in Dex. I want to hear what you 
think about this because we only talked about it a little bit earlier, but like, yo, Ben Simmons yeah. and Joel Embiid is not a fit, and I don't think it's going to fit. And we were talking about this with Howard where we basically all agree that, yo, they're not going to be together for the long term because they can't – how are they going to work itself out unless Ben Simmons gets a consistent jumper and he's not he's not shooting even mid-range jumpers? Trade rumor. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> oh, if they get if – they, if they're like second round and done this year, he, they have to do something. Who says they even get to – with him on the roster of the playoffs this year, De- Dex, what's your uh, what's your NBA uh, storyline that you're looking at after a quarter of the season? Um, I think that I think well, it, I have I have two different things. One is that I think the I am surprised that a lot of people were surprised that the Lakers would be this good defensively. I thought they would be. I I was a little bit more concerned about their three point shooting, which has been better. Um, so I'm not surprised at how good the Lakers have been defensively. Um, I picked them to win it all. Um, although I, I think the series between them and the Clippers would be phenomenal, and that's a pick them. But the thing that's really surprised me in the league is probably Toronto, man. Mm, yes. Toronto's not playing me. good ball. Um, Siakam has been fantastic. Gerard just alluded to the fact that he could win most improved player again. And it's true, and I don't think we've ever seen anybody make the leap that this guy has made. He was averaging like seven points two seasons ago. Right. Now this guy's scoring 25 a game, leading his team. The culture there looks good. That's a very great example of what you can do with culture, even Sorry. after losing your best player. Uh, Van Fleet has been solid. The, they, these guys have played together for a while. Adenobi's coming back. Toronto looks like they could give some teams some problems. Like if they play Philly, we just talked about them. If they play Philly right now. Is everybody confident saying, yeah, well, you're going to go with Philly in that series? I'm not. I might lean towards Toronto right now because I think they're way more cohesive and Philly has their issues. But I'm very impressed with what Toronto Glenn. has done with their talent. And just even after the Kawhi, I think they've been very solid. So I've been, I've been, impre- I've been impressed with them. Hello. Huh? This is uh, Glenn from Connecticut. Oh, we have another guest. Yeah, we, we have we have uh, multiple guests with us now, multiple guests, and one one of them I think is his show. <laughs> What's up, Bill? You're back. Hello, this is Glenn from Connecticut. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Pardon my uh, jumping in. Uh, uh, I don't mean to be rude, uh, uh, but uh, uh, I obviously have enjoyed immensely your program. Uh, your podcast uh, 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 and your many uh, episodes uh, uh, from your unknown location uh-huh. and uh, look forward to uh, uh, having an opportunity to uh, 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 share in the conversation. Definitely. That would be, that'd be great. Forgive me. Uh, was in my office all day and was just informed that uh, uh, the Knicks in their infinite wisdom um, – <laughs> uh, have just uh, uh, today uh, uh, fired uh, uh, David Fisdale. Am I correct in that? Yeah, we were just we were just talking about that. Yeah, what, what did you think about that? I'm. Um, it's another of the long line of uh, 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 actions by uh, the Knicks that uh, uh, cause uh, uh, cause me great concern and. Um, uh, it, it, it's so unfortunate. Uh, this is really the starship of the NBA. Everyone uh, uh, throughout uh, all of our lives 
the one place, the mecca for uh, the National Basketball Association was Madison Square Garden. Um, unfortunately, uh, it has become the laughing stock right. of the uh, NBA. And um, uh, uh, I'm a big uh, Coach Fisdale fan. Um, I think it takes time uh, to develop a, a sports organization, a, 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 a professional team. And I think, uh, uh, I believe this was his second full season, uh, certainly not enough time. Um, right. Uh, would, you, would, you, would you would you rather they just... Uh you know we're up front and and told and told the fans that you know listen we're not going to we're not going to get any wins in the next couple of years we're going to start we're going to you know start from the you know break it down start from the bottom and rebuild you know they always say that new yorkers you know won't accept that that type of rebuild but you disagree i think that uh new yorkers have accepted an inferior product uh for uh, uh a number of years from the garden um, I think that uh, 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 that clearly uh, uh, building from the bottom up, starting with a highly regarded uh, young coach like uh, David Fisdale would have been ideal uh, 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 to start from the bottom, build up, grow, expand, attract draft choices, and, um, and, and uh, say in four, three, four, five years, uh, develop a winner. Um, and had they done that, it's, uh, uh, and had they been showing a positive uh, progress, it's very possible uh, that uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie might have uh, joined forces with the Knicks. But in the state that they are now, uh, they are um, uh, a, a very um, um, ugly product. I'll give you an example. I live in Connecticut. My brother uh, lives in um, uh, Fairfield County, and he had uh, season tickets uh, for years to the Knicks. Uh, and uh, uh, we would go to s- uh, several games a year. And during the playoffs, uh, shows you how long ago it was, during the playoffs, uh, uh, our whole family would take turns going into the garden. And the, uh, my brother gave up those tickets a couple of years ago because he literally, he and his partner, his business partner, literally could not give the tickets <laughs> away. And I mean literally give them away for nothing. If There are so many uh, teams. Bill Belichick comes uh, to mind. Um, if he weren't... Uh, Given uh, the uh, offered uh, uh, patience in developing um, uh, a franchise, he would not have developed the uh, New England Patriots. And believe me, even though I live in New England, I am not, for for obvious reasons, a Belichick or New England fan. But uh, um, uh, you have to admire his success. I think that's how you win, and it's not as difficult to do that in the NBA as it is in the NFL, because in the NBA, with, the, with, with uh, um, an active free agency market every year and with a fewer number of players that are required to develop a team, develop a program, it can be done. But for, somehow the Knicks find a way not to do it. Yeah. Gentlemen, well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I appreciate it. No question. I mean, they, you know, we talked about this earlier. I mean, really the blueprint is the Nets. What the Brooklyn Nets were able to do, uh, they took advantage of being in New York City. They they rebuilt. 
They they took their lumps. They developed their young players. They took on bad, you know, they took other other teams' bad contracts, bought time, <clears throat> and now and then they were able to draw people to New York City, yeah. which was what the Knicks could have easily done, but they didn't. So. And I'd like to throw something out about the Nets, which I would ask you gentlemen to comment on. The Nets last year made the playoffs, right? As we all remember, and 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 were highly competitive versus the Sixers. Now they bring in. Uh, two of the best players on the planet, uh, KD and uh, Kyrie, and some of those players who had key roles have had to become subordinates. Uh, For example, um, uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Um, uh, uh, the young man from Michigan. I'm I'm, I'm getting at an age where I can't remember names. Karis LeVert, yep. Uh, uh, And these guys are taking a subordinate role. So it's interesting that he, I'm wondering even if the Nets needed to bring those top flight players to get where they wanted to go. But you have to give them credit that they were able to attract them. Yeah, no question. I mean, people want to see a good, good organization. That's the bottom line. What do, you, what do you guys think? We'll find out. That's basically it. We'll find out when Kevin Durant gets back and we'll see if he's healthy or 80% healthy and we'll see if that's good enough because I do think that in bringing those guys in, you're obviously announcing that you want to compete for championships and if you don't win a championship with Kevin Durant there, then that's a failure. For him and the, and the organization. Yeah. For sure. Agree. But I do, think, I, do think, I do think the point matters that the fact that they had patience and developed guys and um, were, they had a good competitive run last year. They were able to attract that, but that came with patience, believing in their coach. They had an overhaul of you know their front office, but it really comes down to patience and having the right people in there. And the Knicks, the Knicks have not no, shown to be able to do that. I also think, as an older African American male, I was highly offended and uh, humiliated by the treatment of um, Charles Oakley. Uh, at the Garden. I think that mm. set them back um, uh, 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 a couple of years. Um, I think that was as bad a PR move, the way he was treated uh, that uh, night at the Garden, um, uh, as uh, anything I've uh, seen in uh, recent times. And that could not have helped um, uh, uh, the image of the uh, Knicks in the public and with the um, uh, 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 players in the league. Oh, that's, no, a, that, that's a factual statement. But what the thing is, when it comes to free agency, and we were just talking about this, and Murph, you kind of alluded to this, players of, and I'll use me as an example, because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like me, are millennials. And millennials don't really care about brands as much as they care about sort of organizational stability, as much as they care about things that are going to be in their favor once they get there and they can sort of figure everything else out. Now, it's not like Brooklyn's not, you know, it's not like Brooklyn's in San Antonio. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. But at the same time, this is a quote-unquote Knicks town, and it still is even after all this. But they didn't care about that because the Nets were just set up better for success, whereas the Knicks just had a 17-win season. (laughs) Teams don't want to join a team that was just tanking. They don't want to join a team that was just terrible the year before. Boston, when they got their big three, they had to trade a lot of pieces in order to make that happen. And what you're seeing is that players want to go to, where can I win now? Absolutely. Because the Clippers, without Tobias Harris and just Lou Williams as their guy and Patrick Beverly there, Montrezl Harrell, they still made the playoffs. 
Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were attracted by that. Obviously. You got a good owner. You got Bomber. You got Doc Rivers. You got Lawrence Frank. You got a good organization. Look, and I, and I know that Paul George wasn't. He didn't sign there. He was traded there, but he agreed to he be forced traded to trade. there. Yes, he right. agreed to be traded there. And what you're seeing is you they they want to join. Like, all right, am I that missing piece, right. or can we? sort of get pieces together but that's the same thing in business you don't want to go to an organization that sucks you don't want to go to one that's struggling you want to go to an organization that has that stability there so then you can come in and be like all right let's get this going and to the caller's point you want to join a yeah a winner or or thing that's on the way up that oakley thing mattered by the way it's not a basketball conversation it's just it's a it's just a fundamental business right. conversation because that Oakley situation was indicative and was a it stain uh, and, a, and, a, and an example of their culture. You treat a that Knicks player who is revered by the fans as a legend in that manner. The other players on the league talked about that and they know it. They're like, we're not going there. If they treat Oak like that, how are they going to treat me? Right. Yeah, and, and, yep. In fact, don't millennials take pride in, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I say this because I have a son who's one. Uh, don't they uh, take pride in defeating the status quo? Yes, we do that. All, I do that every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm going to be quite, if I'm going to be quite honest, Brian's an angry young man. So yes, he he he, he no, that's a he mis- takes that that's a misrepresentation of my character. But yes, no, but but that's what it is. It's like they like doing things differently. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's like it's the same way hippies were in the seventies. <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. It's just a different, Watch it you know, now. You're talking 60s. about my era. 60s, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful there, Brian. Be careful. <laughs> I know. I Look, I've done my research. Bill, you know what I'm saying? Bill, like, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I'm calling in with a question. I have a Lamar Jackson question. Uh, introduced, oh, you know, yeah. football in this since that's the national pastime. Uh, but I just want to say, it seems like you guys totally, seems to me, are completely missing the point. I mean, you're, you're debating this Knicks thing in Oakley, and, you know, I know Glenn from Connecticut. You know, you mentioned this whole thing in Oakley and how it looks for the franchise and all that. But it, it doesn't matter. It's almost like what, what your president was saying about politics. Everybody was trying to defeat him in, old, in an old-school way. And he says, I'm introducing a whole other thing, and none of that stuff matters, morality, it doesn't matter. And so exactly. it doesn't matter. The Knicks are making so much money. That's the They're bottom line. So yeah. much money. And we just spent an hour that, talking about it. Offered, that the time. Right now, if I offered every single one of you in that studio, hey, I got Knicks tickets, who would turn it? Oh, no, I'm not going to that. Because, you know, I, I mean, I'd I, I, I turn it down. <laughs> I really wouldn't go. Yeah, I'm not going to. I really wouldn't You're go. lying. You're lying. You're, you're, okay. No. Who's that? Here's Who's why. This is Dexter. Here's why. Dexter, <laughs> I don't know you, my brother, but I know you. We've met. We've met. You know. Lisa, 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 you know Lisa, 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 I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Diehard Knicks fan. Oh, well, okay. So, not, case closed. Case closed. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Diehard Knicks fan. The case is closed. Who's rational and has not spent any money to a Knicks ticket in well over a decade? And I would. They've always written you off. They've written you off. <laughs> even if you want to. So but the point that you're making, sir, is that the problem lies in the in the fans showing up, and I agree with that, right? Well, if people agree. continue to show up, if people continue to show up to the Garden when the product is bad, how does anything change? And I agree with and you completely on that point. And they're going to continue to show up in droves. 
If you give up yes. your seat, if, if any of them people give up those courses, they'll be snapped Somebody up else in a minute. Take them. Right. Why? Right. Because yeah, yeah. It's, about, it's not about basketball. I mean, though. it's about business. It's about it, it has nothing to do with basketball. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 million slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. And I just asked the, your esteemed panel uh, about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yes. go ahead. Is sure. It, is it any, okay, now, does everybody know the story? I'm, I'm sure you guys know the story about Lamar Jackson. Um, yes. Right, Jamal? Right? Yes. For those who don't know, yes. Jamal, could you just update what happened? And then I have a question. Which, which one? Which story? The football one, probably. Like the oh, actual, the most recent like, one? Like the, the actual the, football. The, 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 oh, the, the football. Four, the 49ers yeah. broadcast there, yeah. being better at uh, hiding yeah, the ball because so, he's dark skin. Yeah, so yeah. Lamar, <laughs> I think it was a, a 49er announcer. Mm-hmm. He, he made the comment uh, over the weekend that, that Lamar Jackson uh, was actually, you know, his skin color actually helps him and was helping him out in in the sense that they the defense couldn't see whether he's handing the ball off or not because because of his his uh, black skin and that it was the same color as the football so that gave him so basically in essence he's saying that that's given Lamar Jackson pretty much an unfair advantage that's that's the right. that's but, the but, but it didn't but it didn't help Tavares Jackson or Quincy right. Carter or, or, <laughs> right. right and that's and that's what i was saying there have been there have been Josh that's a, that's another ridiculous excuse that that you know white people have ma- have made Against minorities for for the you know throughout history, an excuse when when people do well. There are white there are white players there are white players, Peyton Manning all kind who have been great at play faking. Okay, like just great. It's a it's called a skill. Okay, it's a skill. So give Lamar Jackson his credit. But go ahead, Bill. It's just a stupid comment. I yes, I understand that Nike, as we speak, Nike is getting ready to manufacture. Skin, tone, <laughs> there you go. Bill, you're wilding. But how how will we know who's the white quarterback and who's the black quarterback? Well, first of all, the comments by Tim Ryan are idiotic. If it was true, guys, if this was an advantage for black people, you know they would have changed the color of the ball already. <laughs> the, 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 the ball, the ball would be pink, right, or some color, so you can't see. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read Tim Ryan's comments that way. I thought what Tim Ryan was trying to say was, from the broadcast booth, it's hard for them to track who has the ball. Not necessarily that it gave him an advantage. How long has he been a broadcaster? I didn't read it that way. If I may, I watched that game live. And it was the, the, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, I think, right now, today, is the best quarterback in the NFL. Right. But 
and, and his skill at uh, uh, concealing the ball and his fakes are unbelievable. I, uh, I, I'm not certain that um, uh, Tim Ryan was completely wrong. He was insensitive in the way he put it. But I think it, uh, uh, it, it, it speaks to the effectiveness of the best quarterback in the game right now. But I will say the ball was dark. Uh-oh, the, here you uh, go. Uh, I, I will say it. The ball was dark. He had a the dark uniform, uniform dark. on, and the weather conditions were horrible. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but what? But what this always what this always sounds like is when there's excellence at the quarterback position, and we excuses, excuses. Just seems to be these excuses, right? There seems to be. Oh, first it was. Oh, it was just a fluke last year. Then it was. Oh, he hasn't played anybody good. Then he beat the Patriots, and it's like there always seems to be this thing that happens for black quarterbacks. Moving the goalposts, we know how that goes. Best quarterback in the game right now. I agree with you. I mean, I'd argue the four best quarterbacks in the game are black. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, as long as as long as not including Dak Prescott. Although, if I may say, (laughs) Mahomes, Watson, Jackson. I agree with that, Russ. I agree with that. I was wondering if today, if I needed one drive at the end of a game, and I'm not a fan of the team, I, uh, I'd still probably go with Brady. If I mm. needed one drive but he's 42. to complete a game and, and to win the game. <laughs> I, mean, I might take Aaron Rodgers still. Brady's going to have those skin-colored, he's going to have those skin-tone gloves too. Watch yeah, he's, yeah, he's going to put them on. Yeah, he will. <laughs> but I mean, Brady, Brady looks good for a 42-year-old quarterback. No, he doesn't. I mean, look, for 42, he looks pretty good. He hasn't looked good the last few weeks. I mean, for 42, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, you would you be bouncing balls at 42, Listen, we're, we're, we're ready for a new era of quarterbacking in the NFL. Yeah, ready, it is, it is Mahomes, new, new Watson, Jackson, listen, listen, listen. Russell Wilson when time. When we finally get a good Latino quarterback, you're not going to hear the end of it from me. Oh, I know I'm that. I'm going to be out oh, here oh, oh, repping. Out here. I, I'm going to be do, out do, here do. repping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting on one. Hey. So wait, let me just to sum up just to sum up the the, the Lamar Jackson conversation. Yeah, is, oh, is he summed that up already? Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> sum it. Up. He's the he's the best. He's the best in the game right now. We, we, he's, he's, he's definitely up there. I mean, look, he's, he, he's he's an MVP. He's, he's a, I think he's the front runner of the MVP, MVP right now. Him or Russ? I think we'll see when the playoffs happen. That's true. It all, it all for, comes down to playoffs. Yeah, right? I, think, I think. Well, the MVP is a regular season award, though, right? So I mean, well, so far, I mean, yeah, we also have to see how they finish the regular season. But That's true. For like ten and two. For yeah, but for for now, yeah, I'll give him the MVP. I mean, but the NF, the MVP in the NFL doesn't matter that much, to be honest. That's true. That's true. Brett Favre is three. I fear him getting injured, though. I do too. Actually, I do too with his right. playing style. I do fear I him getting injured. But you should injured you should fear any no football player getting injured. Well, no, for real. But like a, a standing he, pocket pass, not as much because yeah, you can't hit because the quarterback. It, I mean, especially Brady was when a year out. But he's so pro, he's so protected. And they, they created a new rule to stop the thing, that. The thing with Lamar Jackson is he does take some hits. He takes some running back style he? hits. He's, yeah, when he runs. I, I, but I don't notice him getting hit. He really. doesn't. But he doesn't. He goes down. He gets down. Yeah, but he doesn't slide a lot. He's getting tackled, and that could pile up at over a certain amount of time. I don't worry about him getting injured now, but down the line maybe. Every single quarterback that, that we were talking about has been hurt. Tom Brady's been hurt. He's hurt. He was out for damn near a year. Peyton Manning's been hurt. Uh, Drew Brees has been hurt. I mean, every, Cam every, Newton. every quarterback. <clears throat> Poor Cam. Cam Newton's so, been hurt. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. You know, Philip Rivers should be hurt. They abused Cam. You know, but and, and you know who's behind him? Tyrod Taylor. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, you know, yeah. so, so, so you know, Rivers gonna stay out there. Just, 
who also yeah, led so, his team to the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah, so I mean, I get, I get, he, that that dark jersey and dark skin that helped him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wonder would would the guys did the same thing? It was if it was Mahomes, you know. He, he kind of likes well, it. Well, he has a little too light skin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they, you know, you can't tell between his hands and, and the strings on the on the uh, football. I don't know. All I'm going to say is Jameis Winston leads the league in interception. Yeah, little Jameis. So yeah. When Nike comes out with those gloves, you're going to be damn man. We should listen to from Bill to Warwick. We from Warwick? Watch him. In uh, Vinny, you know, whether it pop water football, you know, all these white quarterbacks would be wearing skin tone gloves. Listen, right. listen, I got, I got another, another, another topic here. All right, we're gonna segue to another topic. Um, that's that's a uh, a big one in the NBA. Or you tell me how big it is. This Carmelo Anthony resurgence. <laughs> what, ha- what happened? What happened? Where did the NBA? You know, how did the entire NBA get this wrong? And how did and all the and half. I would say about eighty percent of the fans went right along with it, you know. Said, you know, he's done. The game has passed him by. Well, people don't want to think for themselves, um, so, right? So how, a, how did how did this happen that he could just come back after a year away and and put up solid numbers? Because I thought he was, I, from what I heard, he was done and couldn't play uh, anymore. Because Houston is too Houston is too analytically driven. Right. The game has changed. Well, Houston, but he's, he's adapted. But, 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 but it's also right. Here's what it Houston, is. The Houston Rockets right. are too analytically driven, and they use a ten game sample size to determine that he couldn't play when really it was a bad fit from the start. And we all exactly. bought it. We all yeah. bought it. Well, not we. Well, not all, we. Because well, I ninety percent of people. You didn't buy right. it. I don't think Gerard I did bought not. it. NBA fans bought it because it's and again the way in which the NBA is talked about and covered from an analytical perspective. Now we all, as far as Murph, Brian, Dexter, and myself. We like the analytics, but it is not our first primary driving source. Right? We'll look at with our eyes. Then we go, okay, what do the numbers say? Melo's actually changed his game, contrary to what we have heard for the past year. Yes. He doesn't do any of those bully ball mid-range shots anymore. He shoots threes or he goes to the rim for a layup, right? And he's passing the ball. And he passes well. the ball, right? And with all the injuries in Portland right now, with Collins being out and they had they had Dave out for a little bit, Melo's actually helping them and is useful. So he can still play in this league, and he still and, he, and it's a good fit for him in Portland with what they have going on right now. The larger question: Why was the NBA boycotting and blackballing uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony? I do think the concern was that he was a ball stopper who wasn't prepared to um, uh, change with the game. Hopefully, um, uh, uh, he has become more flexible. The problem is that 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 concern kind of goes to what Gerard was saying, where people weren't really watching him transition his game. He had really stopped. He really shot more threes in OKC. Um, even in this small sample in Houston, he was shooting more threes. He was attacking the rim. I think the narrative that he was stopping the ball was a bit lazy by some of the media and some of the fans. People right. if they really were watching. This man has adjusted his game. The, the, the key with Carmelo, the key thing is, can he defend? That's the key thing. He is not shown to be a good defensive player for, mo- for the majority of his career. I think if he can give the Blazers any kind of effort on that end, it'll really be helpful. Obviously, they need a scoring. But I really think for him as a player, can he be, not be a liability on defense? But I, I'm, I, me too, I, I'm, I, I like Melo. I always thought he could still ball. There's a place for him in the league. I think it was ridiculous that he wasn't in the league. But I'm glad he's back, and I hope he continues to score and also is able to make some impact with that team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it was a lot of groupthink. 
as as Jared said. And um, you know, people tend people want to put put you know human beings in a box. Yeah. Okay. If you watched Carmelo since since uh, Syracuse, you should be able to tell that he has you know high basketball IQ. Oh yeah. He was capable. The word capable. He's always been capable of playing a complete game since back then. Okay, so to think that yep. you know he's not smart enough to know that you know he's he would be unable to change his game or to adapt to the new game to me to me was lazy, and you know and and you know maybe some other some other reasons in there. I don't you know I don't know I can't speak for people, but but there's you know getting back to Bill like Bill's kind of insinuating he was he was blackballed for some reason, and I don't know you know whether people didn't like him. You know, there's there's this. What was that meme? There was a funny meme that, that came out where it made you you were where it asked you to check a box. Oh about why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? About why people Mellow apology for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why people didn't uh, didn't believe in Mellow or didn't think uh-huh. didn't think he'd come come back? And I thought it it hit right on all of the all of the reasons. So this meme, you know, gives you a, you know a reason why you hated on Mellow pretty much. A reason why you blackballed on Mellow. These mm-hmm. reasons were mm-hmm. one. The media convinced me he was done. You could check that box if, if that applies to you. Two, I only looked at advanced analytics. Analytics. Whoever needs to check that box can check it. Three, I was jealous of Carmelo. That could be one of them. <laughs> Four, I didn't watch actual games. Right. Five, I don't know basketball. Six, Mercury was was re- was in retrograde. <laughs> Mercury in retrograde. That's the one. That's the one. Mercury in retrograde. That's the reason for all kinds of problems. Look, it, it, it's it's a larger. You hit on something right there. That's a larger point, and it's the last point I'll make. Is a lot of people aren't actually watching NBA basketball games. Yeah. And when we talked about when you our earlier coin about what 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 do you what's your big takeaway the first quarter of the season? Of course, we love the league, and I think. Personally, I think it's the best league and best game in the entire world. But I worry about it because the ratings being down is a real thing. Like, that is an actual thing. And it's not all because people are illegally streaming and pirating. That That isn't all the reasoning for... Although I think that's a big reason. It, I, I it's it's a reason. And, and we're also still in football. Nobody's season. watching TV anymore. It's a reason. It ain't the, it ain't the reason. I, and I think, you know, I don't know what it is. Part of it, I think, is the NBA got a little... Too, too full of themselves when the social media boom happened and they were the first league and game to be social media friendly, everybody got excited about that. And it was like, hey, we're the most popular sport now in America. We're overtaking football. And none of the numbers suggest that. And, you know, we are all on Twitter and we love Twitter, but Twitter cannot be our barometer for what we think is actually going on like in the world, right? Only right. There's only 60 million right. people who use Twitter. There are 340 million people in this country. That's 20%. So that's not a good barometer of, oh, what's going on in this league. And with a, with a, with a game right now where the product, in my opinion, is at the best it's ever. When we have, there are stars all over this league. Giannis, Luka, I mean, Embiid, the list goes on. And we, Harden, I don't, which was, what do you want to say LeBron's about him? LeBron's still alive. LeBron's still alive. Which, and that's my point, right? Yeah, Julius Randle. The Lakers... The Lakers, as a as a as a team, they're doing well on their regional on their RSN ratings, but they're still behind the peak of the Warriors dynasty in ratings, and still behind the Shaq Kobe Lakers ratings. And this is LeBron James we're talking about. He might be the greatest player of all time. So that is concerning me, and I don't know what the league is going to do going forward. But this is a problem, and it's a problem that I know. 
it, it's a problem I know they're talking about in the league offices. Here's the thing: if you're if you're somebody, if you're strength in its international appeal being that basketball is the second most popular sport in the world behind soccer. Isn't that the league's uh, uh, hidden strength, if you will? It, it is. It doesn't I'm, matter. It doesn't matter when instead of watching an NBA game that's two and a half hours, you can go on YouTube and watch the highlights later on that's 10 minutes long and you can know what happened. And, are, and That's but, how a lot of people are thinking about the game now. And are we promoting the game in that way? Are we promoting highlights and, oh, look at LeBron doing well, is, a, doing a is, funny handshake with Cal Kuzma. But here's the thing. This is what happens when you create apps and you have people working on social media creating these moments that are really six-second clips, 10-second clips, 15-second clips that people are consuming the game that way because oh by the way all these apps are for free and you don't have to exactly you know pay for cable and watch the game and do this that and third because people aren't going to be invested in the nba in that way we all are but then some people are looking at nba league pass and being like oh that's 18 dollars when i can just go find a stream from 18 i think if you you do the one team if you get the one 18 a month i think i think brian's hitting on i think brian's hitting on something like perfect there i think when we are creating easily digestible content we almost can't be shocked that people want to digest the content in an easy way, right? Like they want their six-second clips, their, their highlights. We've kind of given this to people over time and time again in younger generations and the way they're consuming media. This is what's happening. And, I, Gerard, I do think it's a problem, and I think that problem does tie into what we're talking about with Carmelo, where, which is one of the points that Murph made, which is, People are not might not be watching these games. I think yeah. that's why you have that disconnect, and people are talking about, "Oh, this is Carmelo's game." It's like, nah, man, that's not what his game is. You haven't been watching the evolution over the last couple of years. So I, I do, I do think it's a problem ratings wise, and I do think it's a problem in how people actually analyze players and the games. You can't just look at numbers, and you can't just look at highlights. And again, it's, it's about to tell you the whole. You know, right? I, I, I'm I with you, Dex. It, it, it's also about. Because the NBA cares about the casual fan, right? That is very important to the NBA's bottom line. We all are diehards and do this for a living, so we're going to watch League Pass and do all that do and watch games. The average person on the street, if I ask them, have you watched a full basketball game? What are they going to tell me? Probably not. Probably not. Right? And that is a problem. Here's the thing, too. Melo's in Portland. How many of these people are actually watching the Portland Trailblazers? I mean, that's another thing, right? And uh, one of the things I'm they hearing the is— Lakers tonight. And, and, and I love it. I love the player empowerment movement, but— have we gone too far? Not for us, because we will watch. No, but for the casual fan who says, "Wait, what team is so and so on?" I don't. Oh, yes, I, because this is what happens. Because what happens is, yes, those transactions happen. But then, from a business standpoint, you're giving out all this free content. You're not making money off of it, and then you're cutting off a lot of people who are losing jobs. And then that just shifts everything. That shifts everything in terms of how we consume content, and everything is going to be more and more bite-sized. This is why Vine was six seconds, and it was very successful, because people want to just look at something, just scroll past it, and then boom, on to the next thing, boom, on to the next thing. If someone tells me, if I don't have a brain for myself, if someone tells me, hold on, if someone tells me that Mellow sucks, right, and I don't have a brain then I'm not going to think for myself and I'm just going to be like, okay, the mellow sucks. And then I'm just going to run with that because people told me that on Twitter and this is how people are consuming things now. This yeah. is how go they ahead, think. Go, go ahead, Glenn. But if anybody tells you mellow sucks, they don't know the game. So, you But if people say that, but what I'm saying is there's an echo chamber on social media of people that don't want to think for themselves and when they don't want to think for themselves, they're going to get their information from other people. And those other people may get, may get the wrong information to begin with, but that's how the chain reaction starts and this is how you get the narratives pushed that mellow can't play and things of that nature, and this is why he was out of the league for right. a year plus. Well, Brian, let me ask you a question. Yes. All right, since this is 
Bill, yeah. Bill Roden on sports. We've got to introduce uh, an element of racism in all this. Well, so, Brian, I, that's a, uh, I was going to say, Bill, yeah. if I may, I was going to yeah. throw the uh, in the room, and I think you know what I'm getting ready to say. Living in southern New England, mm. the game is 80 percent It's a black league. Black. That's a problem. And I think there is a large segment of the American population, therefore, that just can't find their way to be interested in the game. And that's exactly why I said that I wonder if the strength of the of the and I agree with the young man who said it's the best game available. I agree with that. Uh, I think the strength of the best game on the planet, the, uh, the National Basketball Association, is its international appeal. It's like jazz, like my brother but, Bill Roden always you know, talks you know about. You know what that means, though, Glenn. You know what that means. See, what international means is white. <laughs> That's what China was all about. That's what losing China was all about. When, when you talk about Jokic, you talk about a defensive stopper. Like, well, you know, uh, Carmelo wasn't a defensive Jokic is no defensive stopper. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he definitely ain't that, Bill. Jokic ain't that. <laughs> they may, right. Or Luka's not. Luka's definitely not that. They're already nope. putting they Luka in the Hall of Fame. They're already, I mean, they're already putting Luka in the Hall of Fame. So what I'm saying is... Oh yeah, Brian. I, I was going to ask you a question. Yes. Were you? Do you know who Isaac Murphy is, uh, Brian? I know of him. Nah, I don't know much, but uh-huh. like, I know of him. Well, this is important because what I'm saying is that you know, and I think Glenn, Glenn, we're in the same way because by the way, the NFL ratings are dropping too, right? And that you're right true. because well, it's cord cutting and all that. You've got these two major leagues that are dominated by brothers. Now, all of a sudden, now we're getting ready to take over quarterback. And we're in this era. I agree era, with that. We're in this era of POTUS 45, and people are saying, enough of this shit. You know, enough of these, these, these people. Enough of this shit. You know, now they're you know, they taking over quarterback. Now <laughs> the game's getting ready to become all 13. The next year, be, and you watch, the offensive line will start becoming uh, predominantly black because you need these, these big, agile guys to block for these black quarterbacks. You know. The NBA, so people can tie this shit, man. I'm just telling you. And with the reason I bring up Isaac Murphy, the reason I bring up Isaac Murphy, who was a jockey, you know, back in back in the day, you know, from 17th century, 18th, black jockeys dominated horse racing. They were in the NBA. That's right. They dominated horse racing. And you did a column on that, Bill, years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wrote a book. And white people. <laughs> Shout out to $40 million slaves. I'm just telling you. I read the book. I know. For a lot of millennials, they say, oh, now we're beyond that. You know, white people who control, they control all this stuff. You know, they, they, they control this. You know, you look at the college game and all this. So now, you know, we're tired of this stuff. So just what, what they did with jockeys, they said, you know what? We're going to change the whole thing. We're going to change the way we license them. We're going to change everything. You know, and overnight, virtually, this stuff, and I think now people, well, you know, this this 2019, 21st century, you know, we're kind of beyond that. And I'm just telling you, when you lose sight of the stuff and when you get these brothers out there tripping and thinking that, you know, you know, that they're beyond this stuff, before you know it, you know, and I know nobody probably on this can, can imagine a time when the NBA is going to be back to being like, you know, 30% black players. Or it's all Bob Cousy's? Yeah, yeah but that, that ain't, that ain't yeah. going to happen. Oh, God. 
That ain't gonna why happen. Is it, tell me why is it not gonna happen? Look at Major League Baseball. What white dudes good enough are gonna make up seventy percent of the league though? Who said it's not gonna happen? Me, it, like, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, you're saying you're saying that they want to go to. A, who said? Who said it's not going to happen? Me, and I'm explaining why. You said, but I'm saying. Explain why it's not going to happen. But I'm saying what I'm saying. What's not going to happen? First of all, because you said that they're they're going to want the league to be what 30 percent black, and I'm saying that's not going to happen because you're not going to find 70 percent uh, dudes that are white enough, or not not 70 percent dudes that are good enough to fill the league that are white. You're not going to do that. I don't agree with that. That's what How, Europe are you is kidding all about. Me? Are you kidding me? That's not going to happen. You think you think they're going to keep? You think they're going to keep out that many black players? Absolutely. I'm going to do How many black people own teams? How many black people own the means of production? Tell me. One. If that. No, but what I'm but what I'm but I'm but what I'm saying is you really think that they're just gonna continue? You really think they're gonna keep all the black players out of the league? That's what that's where the Carmelo Anthony thing stems from. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Once you think they're not gonna do that, that's the first step of being in trouble. Once you think that this shit is 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 never gonna happen. Trust me, Isaac Murphy and those guys didn't think it was gonna happen to them. So, so do you think they're gonna keep Amani Bates out of the league when he's ready to be in the NBA? If they want to, yes. And you know what? That's why they're creating this minor league. That's why they're creating this minor league system in basketball. That's why you don't have a lot of black people in baseball. Because when you create, when you create a minor league system, now you create a dumping ground for a lot of Right now, the way football and basketball is set up, there is a direct line between college and the NBA. It's talent-driven. So you really can't. But once you create this middle tier, this middle passage, these minor leagues where guys now got to go and disappear in this minor league, then you're right. A phenomenal player will make it, but you've got a whole lot of folks who will disappear in these minor leagues in the G League to never be seen again, except in the minor what? leagues. And once you think it's not going to happen, that's exactly when it happens. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that most. I think if you look at Major League Baseball in the '60s and '70s, uh, the young men here—I hate to pull uh, uh, the age card—but the young men here aren't aware of the dominant dominance of African American players in Major League Baseball in the '60s and '70s. It was just unbelievable, and uh, through the years. Uh, uh, there's been a uh, an elimination of uh, African American players in baseball. But, but, but and once they, they they begin eliminating and the demand shrinks, uh, the opportunity uh, 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 ends. And if, if if you go back and look at the Major League Baseball All Star teams in the '60s and '70s, you'd be amazed. And the numbers of players on each team. Hell, look at the 1975 Yankees uh, 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 with uh, uh, Willie Randolph and uh, uh, Reggie Jackson Jackson and all of them. Uh, uh, And and the Yankees are one of the few teams that has African American players now or players of color. Uh, uh, it, it can happen. It, 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 I, we've seen it happen in Major League Baseball. Yeah, no, I think I think I think it's I think it's possible. It's certainly possible. I mean, you can't you can't discount anything really. 
You know, as, as far as as far as the way side. the way I'm people think and what and you do have to look at history to 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 recognize where you're going. Like you have to take notes on what happened Definitely. in the past for sure. I mean, there's with, with baseball, there is a difference because you know a lot of people would argue that the players themselves chose other sports. You know, so I mean, that's one of the arguments. I mean, so I think it's a combination. There's a opportunity, right? Right. That's true. You know, that's true. I mean, if you don't, if a sport isn't inviting you, if a sport isn't accepting you, if a sport is willing to make decisions to play inferior players of of one race instead of better players of another race. Kids pick that up. They say, out of heck with it then. I hear you. Uh, uh, ask Joe Morgan, who's trying to uh, uh, get kids, black kids to come back to the game. It's very difficult uh, when they see everybody going to the NBA, when they see everybody and, going and, to the NFL. That's true. And, and by the way, you, you talk about soccer and, and how <laughs> soccer in this country, soccer in this country should almost be, we should be dominant. In soccer, with all the Spanish-speaking people, Hispanics in this country, but they have chosen, the power structure in this country has chosen to make soccer in this country a middle and upper middle class class sport. And to your point, Brian, and I get your point, you're saying, well, how could they do, why isn't winning important? To these people, winning, that's white supremacy is important. Winning ain't important. Winning is white supremacy. Amen. Amen. White people reflected in every single phase of existence, and so it's a miracle. It's a miracle that they've not really begun to hone in on football and basketball. And for long, you you you've had people like Michael Jordan. You know, okay, you're black, but you're racially neutral. Not, but when you start having these guys kneeling and and bringing the racial baggage into the sport. You know, you, what, what did the president say, what, three, four years ago when he tapped into that kind of hatred about, I fire these son of a bitches. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. So well, but, but, but do you think Carmelo Anthony did that, though? Yeah. No, but I don't think that's the point, though. I think, I think one of the things we have to look at, and this is where I think Mr. Roden's point is actually really should be really well taken is that I'm, I'm a believer in what Murph said too, that you have to look at the history and what happens. And I read your book, Mr. Roden, and I remember when you opened up with Isaac Hayes and that, and it was very eye-opening for me when I read that. But we also have to look at some of the biases that we are already seeing even in the NBA towards certain white players. For Here's a prime example Absolutely. for me. This, this season, just this season, guys, we, we saw the Denver Nuggets rise last year. Right, and everybody was like, "Oh man, they're ready to take the next step. This is what they can do." Jokic came back horribly out of shape. We would all agree he is the star on that team. Could you imagine if a black star, right. LeBron, thank you, if thank you, Kyrie, thank you. could you imagine if those dudes came out of shape as the leader of their team? It would be written about. Everybody would be talking about it. Jokic came out of shape. He looked bad in the in the World Championships. Nobody said anything. Nobody heard anything about that. What, what is the difference there? We all know. If this, take any black star. It could be Dame. It could be Steph Curry. Well, look at LeBron could, last year with defense, right. remember? Yeah. They talked about LeBron's defense slipping. Nobody said a peep about Jokic being out of shape. He's in worse shape than, than any of us 
talking on this right now. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, I, I don't know about that. I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. All I'm saying is the players are going to be too good for you to keep them out. All right. Well, we'll like maybe you can do that with soccer because there aren't as many. But with basketball, they're going to be too good. That's a flawed premise. That's a flawed premise. That's what I'm telling you. That is a flawed premise. I agree with what you're saying. The purity of what you're saying. Well, the players are too good, but there have always been great players who have been kept out. You know, the NFL didn't integrate until 1948. You mean to tell me there weren't great black players before 1948? The NBA didn't integrate until 1950. You mean there weren't great black players? When you own something, when you own the means, you can do anything you want. What do black, what, who owns a black NBA? Who owns black teams? What do we own? What do we own in the industry? Tell me what we own. I think it's a fair point. And I think that's, I think that's the reason, sir, why you know, yourself and other people are going to have that perspective. It's, and I think maybe from some of the younger generations, we're like, well, we can't go back to that. And I, I, I don't think you guys are wrong for saying, no, 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 no. This can't happen again. We have to be very careful and conscious of this stuff. This is why we need the players who have amassed the money to invest own teams. That's the way you, st- you prevent that from and happening. Who's doing, I think that? Own- who's doing that? Tell me who's doing that. No, no nobody that? has. Nobody, nobody has. <laughs> I, 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 nobody has, sir. But I, I, think, I think your point is, I, I think it's fair, because I think there has to be a level of concern that things can go back to that. And, and, and you made a point in saying that if you're not aware that it can happen, that's how they got you already. And I think that was the point I was making with the Jokic stuff, right, is you kind of have to be aware of how certain people are treated, how people are treated different, differently, how the inequalities that exist, even in media coverage. It is important for us to call that out because if we don't and we're accepting of that, these are how you get to the points that Mr. Rhodes is talking about where it can come back again. No question. One last thing I'll say before Bill from Warwick leaves. Jamal, yes. what you should do is take, take a couple of guys. With Gerard, you're going to take, take me to the press box. You're talking about coverage and perspective. I mean, they've been, they've, they're all in the press box. Yeah, like, yeah. So you know what the press box looks like. Yes. You know what the press box looks like. You know the yes. racial dynamic of the press box. And this is where... This is where opinions are formed, perspectives are formed. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Is Dexter that- and I talk about this on our podcast all the time. I'm always disappointed when on Thanksgiving Day and uh, the holidays, uh, the announcers say, let's uh, uh, show our crew behind the scenes. Right. And there will usually be uh, an African-American announcer in the booth. Then they show the crew behind the scenes, and it looks like people of color need not apply. Um, right. I'm yep. always very disappointed in that. Right. Well, on that, on, that, on that note, on that note we, have, we, have, we have to get out of the studio. Um, Take your soul, Jamal. <laughs> we we got to get out of here. Um, obviously, a, lo- a long way to go. No matter what, no matter. I think we all agree uh, that that you know, there's for sure, for sure, there's not an equal playing field at at oh, the moment. Sure. Yeah. It's just a question of how how far we go back, or if we can't move forward. You got yeah. And the ownership, I mean, yeah. obviously, ownership is the key. Remember, as a Latino, they I know what they do with us. They put us on Spanish speaking channels. We don't even <laughs> we don't even get to communicate with people in English. Right. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll be uh, like, oh, do you know Spanish? Uh-huh. All right, so we'll put you on the Spanish speaking sports channel as opposed to you communicating uh, on this place where you could get more money. 
and they don't really promote, you know, people who are bilingual. They just want to keep them in the Spanish channel. So I'm well aware. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, Gerard Hector, who had to bounce out of here. Uh, Brian Fonseca, Dexter Henry. Thanks for joining us via phone. The great legendary Bill Roden joined us on his own show. I uh, even have a white Christmas, by the way. <laughs> I hear that. Uh, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn from Connecticut. Thanks, thanks again for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having us. Thank uh, you very much. I welcome the opportunity. Thank you very much. And we will continue this debate. We'll continue this debate for sure on another podcast. But thanks a lot. Uh, And definitely uh, check us out uh, next week when we're back on Bro's Pod. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.